Welcome to the Creative South Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. Today, I'm talking with Seattle-based designer Harvey Shepard. Harvey is best known for his book and blog, Oh Beautiful Beer, which highlights some of the best designs in beer branding and packaging from around the world. We chat about how an interest in sports and discovering a Coors Light bat bottle led to an interest in beer packaging, how his career transitioned from math teacher to graphic designer and author, the process of taking Oh Beautiful Beer from a blog and turning it into a book, and more, all right after this. Jack Prince is one of our favorite companies to work with. They offer great products at even better prices, with some of the best customer service I've ever seen. Why not pick Jack Prince next time you need t-shirts, business cards, stickers, or flyers printed? Right now, Jack Prince is offering four-day turnaround on their most popular apparel products. That's four days with no rush fees, no hassle, and no BS. With apparel from popular brands like American Apparel, Next Level, Jildon, All Style, and more starting as low as $3.99 each. Now is the time to take advantage of this great offer. Visit jack.inc slash four days to order your apparel today. Plus, Jack Prince is giving Creative South podcast listeners 20% off all orders over $25 when you use promo code CREATESOUTH17 at checkout. Visit jackprince.com for your next order of stickers, prints, or whatever you need today. We've gone through and streamlined the Creative South podcast Patreon page, cleaning out the excess and making it easier for you to support us. With options starting at just $1 per month, you can help support the podcast and even wind up with some cool Creative South podcast swag. Every dollar helps cover hosting costs, upgrade equipment, and keep the podcast going. When you become a Creative South patron, you'll get access to exciting Creative South news before anyone else, Creative South podcast stickers and t-shirts. So please help support the podcast and become a patron over at patreon.com slash creative south. Thanks for uh, joining me tonight. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So uh, to, to give a bit of context for people who may not know you, and I, then we'll get back into kind of my normal structure here in a second. Online, the design community and, and beer lovers around the world would know you as what? <laughs> oh, beautiful beer. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So I want to when, when we get a little further down the road, I want to get into how that all that started and yeah, like we were talking off mic about uh, how the little side project can end up taking over your life and yeah, I think you and I have some similarities there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get <laughs> into all that good stuff, but let's 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 back up to the early days of when you were just known as Harvey, um, and then where where did you grow up? <laughs> So I am from Western Massachusetts. It's a small, it's, uh, I believe it's still the smallest city in, in, uh, in Massachusetts, North Adams, kind of, uh, tucked up in the, the, the not Boston part, the not Boston part. Yeah. So, so I'm the, part the part that no one knows anything about. Exactly. It's just <laughs> yeah, the, the Vermont part. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've done a fair amount of traveling in recent years and uh, it's, you know, whenever anybody hears you're from Massachusetts, like, Oh, we'll say park the car. And I say, park the car. And like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Say how you really say it. Park the car. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that's where I'm from. <laughs> gotcha. So, so when you were, when you were growing up, were you big into art and things like that? Or were you kind of more of a sports kid? Um, I think I, I was definitely more of a sports kid. I think I was a creative kid that it necessarily wasn't necessarily channeled into art then, you know, mm-hmm. I think, um, as I got older, it kind of, you know, I, I had these realizations that this could be a thing. 
but you know, I, I kind of grew up on, you know, school wise, you're, you're, you're kind of basic stuff and, and, and did a lot of math work. And then, uh, but yeah, sports and, and actually the sports thing indirectly led to the Yo beautiful beer thing. But, um, I was a, as big a, a sports dork as, as came. Sure. So, so how did it indirectly, I got to, yeah. So <laughs> when I was, I was, I got to follow I was, up on that one. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I was probably an eighth grader, uh, somewhere around there. And we, uh, we used to take family vacations up to peaks Island, which is this little, little, little Island. I think it's about a mile around, mm-hmm. um, off of Portland, Maine. And there's the one store in town and we, you'd hit that when you get off the ferry and I want my mom to, you know, just pick up the groceries and stuff for the week. And being a sport, uh, uh, baseball, especially being a, like a baseball obsessed kid, I saw this thing that, you know, it was, it was baseball related and it was totally different than anything I'd ever seen or anything I had. And I just had to have it. So mm. it was a 12 ounce Coors light bottle. Oh, I remember was, those. Do you remember these? Yeah. yeah. Was, it, it was shaped and etched like a baseball bat. Okay. And I had like sincerely no interest in beer. You, well, know, you were in eighth you know, grade. Was, most, most 13 right. year olds. Right. Later, at that point. <laughs> you know, if I was a, a senior in high school, it, you know, it would have been a different con- yeah. <laughs> contact, but uh, I just, it, it was, it was baseball and I had to have it. And I think, you know, my mother, I annoyed my mother to the point where she's like, sure, 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 we can get it. And after she made me just, she made me promise, promise, promise that I would never open that bottle. Uh-huh. And so I got it and I, you know, I got it home and it's still, the thing still sits in my old bedroom, still unopened. <laughs> Definitely so, don't open it now. Yeah, yeah. If you want like real vintage Coors Light, uh, I, I'm your guy. Yeah, yeah. Most beer is not meant for aging, so don't, uh, especially Coors Light. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny. It's one of those things I kind of, and also from that trip, um, I remember, you know, some of those trips coming home with some some different, like I, I would cut out like the the side of some six packs. Sure. Geary's and um, I'm trying to remember who else, you know, some of the other. Uh, main breweries and I would cut out like the, the long side of the six pack. And when I got home, I also, I would just, you know, I would I collage my walls like crazy with pictures from sports illustrated and whatever else. And I decided I had to cut those out and put those up on the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's just funny to think back about that. It wasn't, you know, certainly it wasn't a natural flow from that to blogging about beer design, but it's, it, it's funny <laughs> for me to look back. Oh yeah. Maybe there were some, some seeds planted there somewhere. Gotcha. So it's, it kind of sounds like it also led you into design in a way of, you know, being interested in the aesthetic appeal of things. And yeah, I think, yeah, that's definitely, I think it's definitely part of it. I think, you know, I'm sure you've talked to a lot of guys who, you know, were, were in eighth grade and they saw the logo for the tire shop and said, that's sure. it. That's what I'm doing. The rest of my life is focused on that. And they had a really like, you know, it had a plan and had a direct path. And I had a, I, I think I had a much longer route to get here. And it was, I, uh, I know that feeling. <laughs> you know, you know so I, I'm that guy who now at 38 thinks they can maybe have it figured out, kind of. <laughs> you're, so, doing, what, you know, you're doing better than me. I'm 42, and I'm well aware that I still don't have a clue. <laughs> but it, I think the thing where, especially design-wise, career-wise, I was kind of, um, I don't want to say ashamed, but I, I, but I tried, I, I tried to pretty that up that you know, I, you know, that that kind of path and not having it all kind of figured out. And I think, sure. I think it's okay. I think you know, I, I think t- exploring some of those other dead ends. Um, you definitely, you don't totally write them off. I you, know, you certainly take things with them or you, you certainly take things from those, uh, those former lives. And I, sure, I think it, sure. so we got a time. I got a lot of time left. I think, uh, <laughs> I <right>. hope so. Career <laughs> <laughs> <Great> wise. <one>. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, you're, you're going through eighth grade, you've discovered, you know, beer packaging that looks cool and is kind of different and, you know, out of the norm of stuff when, when yeah. you, 
get through high school and all, are you, you know, starting to take more art classes then or? No. Um, but what I was doing was, and at that time, you know, if, if we're similar of age, um, do you remember when all of a sudden you can make a website mm-hmm. when this just started like GeoCities tripod? Yeah. Like all of a sudden you could sign in through your AOL account uh-huh. and, and make, and make a really shitty website where yeah. <laughs> everything blinked. There was, you can make rainbow text. Um, I, maybe the early days of like bad gifts. Oh yeah. And you know, you would have like the notepad file and you'd edit code, you'd learn code in, in notepad, edit it, hit refresh and see it on screen. And I, you know, as maybe as kind of a, I, I don't know, that just really resonated with me. I loved that I could take, you know, I could learn these like, you know, bone up on code all of a sudden and, and make this thing that was on the internet. So, sure. um, I made, yeah. So I, I think it was on GeoCities. I made this big, awful website and I think that kind of launched, <laughs> I think it's a requirement on GeoCities that it has to be an awful website. And, and, you know, and they still must be out there. I think I'm sure that's not a total. They haven't disappeared. But, uh, yes, I think that just kind of led to more more of that. And uh, especially then getting into college and learning like, you know, learning further design uh, design languages, Mm -hmm. learning better design than just making a lot of text blank. Um, And also I think then I got into graphic design as kind of a need for websites and I probably not unlike a lot of other designers. I had a bunch of friends that were in like crappy local bands that needed a <laughs> website, needed a poster. Yeah. And so it, that all kind of mushed together. And this was also back in the day that if somebody wanted to do a homemade CD, you had to make album art. Oh dude. And I, <laughs> and you had those, remember those awful, the stupid stamps with that you put the label on up upside down, I think, uh-huh. and then you then drop the CD on and it was kind of like spring loaded yep. and you would spend an entire evening just stamping those and, Yep. So, yep. Back when bands had to spend a lot of money on sending out actual press kits. Yep. Yep. I had uh, my roommates uh, right after I graduated college uh, were in a band. Um, I was the only non band member. And so I ended up being the, you know, guy who was designing everything and putting everything yeah. together and stumbling my way through. And Oh, stumbling. Absolutely. But it's still, yeah. And it, it, it gave me um, roots in, you know, I, those are my first logos and my first sure. websites. And, it was a kind of a natural way to start, I guess. Sure. So, so you go through college and, uh, you know, you, you mentioned kind of the website stuff. Were you focusing on wanting to do more web Because so like you're you're four years younger than me. Yeah. So I graduated and, college and, in 2001. OK. That well, that's the same time. I, I took I, yeah. I always forget that I took time off. So. OK. So at that time, there, I mean. At least no. when I went to college, they're not really teaching web design or anything like that. There, there was some. There might we be were a couple using, classes. Yeah, like you said, sorry. Yeah, we, I'm sorry. Yeah, we were using. Was it, was it front page? Yeah, front like page we're, we're and building in and Dreamweaver and I mean Dreamweaver. Yeah, still yeah. Around. I don't think I even learned for you know there at Dreamweaver and um, Adobe Image Composer. Oh God, I forgot about that before Photoshop. Yeah, so. Yeah, so you know, graduating in 01, I was a, a, a math major who took just took all, as many coding classes as they could because I was having that panic of, what the hell does a math major do? What am I going to do with this? Maybe I should take some other stuff too. And, oh, uh-huh. and you know, and it was probably also, I, honestly, it was probably a lot of just, I, I just kind of dug it. So, I, you know, I, I would keep those up. So, but, so uh, you go from being a baseball nerd to a full on, and I mean, no offense when I say this, oh, nerd. Oh, bring it. Because, I mean... <laughs> I mean, most graphic designers like hate math and want to stay as far away from it as they can. And you I were know. majoring in math. 
I know. And I that, see this one, as we were talking about earlier, <laughs> I, it, it, it's weird for me to say as a graphic designer that I start, you know, I was a math major like that. Yeah. That, they, the two don't seem like they can live together, but, um, uh, that was my path, man. And, you know, and I think w- without getting like super cheesy or, or really trying to force kind of like job <laughs> interview speak, I feel, you know, I feel like the two do there, there's at least that problem solving base. And in, sure, I yeah. think that applies. And I think at, at this base, I, I do really enjoy, you know, the problem solving aspect. And, um, I think if I'm problem solving with type and pretty pictures, it's uh, more enjoyable than problem solving with a calculus or a real variable theory. You see, I don't even know what real variable theory is. It, and, and look at you. You've, you've gone on to a, a long, successful life, and you've, you've gotten this far just fine without it. Yes. You're can't balance that. my checkbook, though. So there, <laughs> you know, there's that. Well, people don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't even remember the last time I wrote a check. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally probably been 10 years since I've written a check. Oh, yeah. I look at mine, and I li- I've lived so many places since the address on my checks. Yeah. But they still sit in a drawer. Yeah. <laughs> they still work fine. So, so, so you, how do you transition from being a math major? I mean, I realize you, you know, we, we talked about the exposure to the beer stuff and then, you know, doing websites for bands and things like that. But how do you go from that with wanting to um, learn the code stuff to wanting to do more design stuff? Well, so like we're saying, 2001, you know, you weren't, nobody, you, somebody wasn't going to hire you to like develop WordPress websites. It sure. was just, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't real life yet. Um, so I had a, uh, a foray into high school math teaching because mm-hmm. again, I'm a 21, 22. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing with my, with my uh, degree. Uh, sure. Math majors probably just go teach math. I can't think of anything else. So, uh, no. um, I did that for a while. <laughs> Uh, I enjoyed it, but I knew it was one of those things that I, I feel like with teaching, uh, in it, you need to have the calling, I think. Yeah, and, I would agree with that. Um, I used, I remember I would pull in every day with a science teacher who wasn't much older than me. And he was, he would just be swearing from the second he got out of his car and he was just, <laughs> he, he was just angry. And, and I didn't want to be, you know, we all had that teacher who was still working off the yellowed notes from decades ago and yep. you could tell was totally checked out and, so I did that for four years and then I think I, that's the point where I just kind of had that, okay, let's, let's take a step back here. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in, you know, being from this kind of blue collar town and, and practice, just being practical all along. Sure. Um, let's, let, let's take a step back and kind of look a little, a little bigger at what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, all along I had been doing some, you know, design work on the side, websites on the side, um, and just kind of had that, well, what if this wasn't just a hobby anymore? Is that possible? Is that a thing? Mm-hmm. And I was able to get a job as an in-house designer for this uh, chain of, uh, photography studios back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was still in Massachusetts and I was there for a while. And also, you know, that also came up, it kind of lined up time wise with as far as like social media really becoming a thing. Sure. So then, I, you know, I started to manage the website. I got to do print stuff. I got to, you know, all of a sudden, you know, propose that we start, uh, you know, a Twitter account and a Facebook page and manage those. <laughs> and it kind of get my hands into a lot of stuff and then just really get to kind of grow in all of those aspects. Gotcha. Were you, did you have mentors during the time Were you, or were you kind of teaching yourself? Um, I not necessarily, um, there with me, but I think, um, well, I think I had, you know, I, I think I certainly worked with some creative people and some people sure. who, who pushed 
who pushed me and we're all kind of in the same boat. Um, but, but also by then all of a sudden there was so much more on the internet, so much more you can read and so many, you know, amazing designers, you know, all of which, you know, you've talked to and Mm -hmm. who, who, who were, who were pouring kind of uh, some of their, just enough of their knowledge onto their blogs, onto different interviews. And, you know, so now you can just, you can just, you know, plug in and just really (laughs) take in as much as you can. Yes. Now we make fun of thought leaders. (laughs) I don't know what that's about. (laughs) I learned a lot from them early in the days. Now I look at them and I'm like, Oh God, they're so full of shit. (laughs) But we were never full of shit. Yeah. Oh, sure. I'm going to make a million dollars just like you. Uh, (laughs) Those are the ones I make fun of. You know, if you're telling me about something I'm actually interested in, not that I'm not interested in making a million dollars, that would be awesome. (laughs) But (laughs) But, uh, let's be honest. I'm not going to make it selling pyramid scheme courses to somebody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they hit the right person at the right time in their life and uh, they've got an audience. Yeah, definitely do. So, so you, you, you make your break into design and get away from uh, teaching and, you know, how did, th- how did things progress for you there? Um, so yeah, so I was an in-house designer there for five years and then my wife, who's a speech therapist, um, had an opportunity to start, uh, to become a, a traveling speech therapist. Um, okay. And if you're familiar with it, I think it's more common or you'll, you'll hear about it more for nurses. Yeah. I, um, I have a friend who's a respiratory therapist who did that for a couple of years. Yeah. And so we were, you know, mid, mid twenties and so, you know, this, so the way it works is you can sign on as a traveler and there's enough need around the country where they'll take three month band-aids or six month band-aids. Sure. And so we just kind of got to, for five years, just kind of uh, bopped around the country in three or six month stints and lived with as much stuff as we could fit in our Camry. And, uh, and so that was, you know, another pretty big turn, you know, life wise. Um, but it was experience wise. It was great. Uh, beer wise, it was fantastic. Cause now all of a sudden I got to hit, you know, the hundreds of these breweries in weird little podunk towns that we were traveling through moving or living in. It was just, you know, eye opening on every front. Sure. You got all those weird regional ones that you never see and all the microbreweries that are, you know, Super small. Yeah. So that, that's, yeah. Awesome. But then I, I got to live in Asheville, North Carolina oh, and just that, hit the other end like of that. And just <laughs> absolutely. And so I got to just for three months, you know, bop around from, across all of their breweries and, and take all of that in. Sure. I, I, I'm jealous of you there. <laughs> it's, yeah. If you, I don't know if you've had the chance. It's, uh, it's a pretty special. That was, that was a really hard one to leave. Yeah. No, I have not, not, not since I've been of drinking age have I been to Asheville. It'll be a different trip. Yeah, I, I want to. I just need to uh, find somebody to watch my kids for a little while, so my wife and I can go up there and actually have adult time. And you know, yeah, then then we can worry about our kids in different ways. <laughs> so you know, d- during this time and bouncing around, I, I guess I should back up because we know when you got interested in beer packaging, but at a certain point, you know, visiting those, you have to be interested mm. in actual beer too yeah when, when did you then you know to not get yourself in trouble with your mom no. um, <laughs> <laughs> so when, when did you get interested in beer and what was it that kind of uh turned you on to more than Coors Light <laughs> well yeah and, and, and where I went to college uh it was um when I was in college it was Milwaukee's best I know we all have oh, God, yeah. reason Milwaukee's best was the official uh, crappy beer of Union College in Schenectady New York sure um, 
but yeah, you know, we, you're, you're in that time of your life where you don't think about just, you, you don't just have a beer with dinner. That's not a thing you go out and you, you have as, as many awful, awful cheap beers as you, as you can. Yeah. It's, you're pounding uh, so think, for a purpose, not, uh, for enjoyment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then later, um, after I got out of college, I took right when I graduated, I took a trip to Ireland Okay. and going there and just, um, just experiencing drinking in a whole different way. Sure. You know, so, you know, I mean, I guess you, it, I, I guess, you know, they're it, drinking a beer is still uh, very social, but it, it felt very different than, uh, chugging Milwaukee's best in, in a, at some, you know, frat party. Yeah. Um, yeah. so it's neat to kind of absorb that culture and go to these, like, uh, these pubs that just felt like living rooms and mix with locals and it, it, you know, mix with other adults and have, and have a Guinness. And it, it was just more than, it was more than that beer, sure. you know, so much of an experience. And also I really liked the beer and it was one of the, it was one of those moments where like, Oh, holy cow. Like a beer can taste good. Yeah. Yeah. This is, you know, it was, and it sounds so stupid to say, but at the time it was like, it was really like kind of mind blowing. Yeah. For, yeah. for me, it was when I was in college, um, you know, I was waiting tables and there was a microbrewery here locally in town that opened up and I went to work there. And before that, I really didn't like beer all that much because mm-hmm. I mean, my experience because was like, the you. Only beer you knew. Yeah. 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 It was, it was you know, beer. my experience of chugging a warm old Milwaukee when I was 10 from that I snuck from my dad's case that he kept in the garage um, and promptly almost throwing up, um, you know, that had, that, had tainted, that had tainted me. And then, you know, drinking cheap beer through the early parts of college. Yeah. So, but I, I went to work at this microbrewery and they had really good beers and I actually learned to like beer and appreciate beer and yeah. And not just with drink it. as fast as you can. And yeah. Yeah, it's kind of neat. And I think, you know, I'm sure, you know, college kids now is a totally different experience. And, you know, I got to assume now there's so many more microbreweries and more, more exposure for these kids that, you know, in, in whatever region they're going to school. But uh, yeah, it was a different time, man. I don't know. I think college kids stay the same pretty much. It's, you know, you can't yeah, afford you can't really afford good beer. So you're, you know, drinking the crappy stuff. But yeah, you're probably right. That Maybe we can count that as a constant. Yeah, I, I think so. I don't, I don't know. I, I'll have to check with my nephew. He just graduated college. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> perfect. So, you know, so along these paths, you're, you're, you you get the opportunity to go to Ireland and actually discover beer that's better mm-hmm. than Milwaukee's best, which <laughs> really isn't hard to do. Um, <laughs> but, you know, at, at what point does, you know, do you kind of, reignite your interest in the packaging of beer um it was it was still a few years down the road uh well no sorry. so as we were traveling sure um i don't know if you remember you know when um, now is kind of the time where uh, if you're a graphic designer you have to have an online portfolio mm-hmm. which is so standard now but there you know at that time it felt like a thing that you're like okay i guess i have to cave and actually do this sure and also everybody was every designer was blogging yes you had to have a portfolio and you had to have a blog. So I'm like, all right, oh crap. Well, I have to have a blog. Um, <laughs> but I just knew, I knew enough that my blog wasn't going to bring any worth, you know, sure. with, with so many amazing designers out there, nobody's going to read my shit. And also I'm not going to, I'm not going to contribute anything there, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and the finer points of graphic design. Um, 
Also, I think just with my background, I was insecure enough to not even try. Well, writing's tough. Yeah, yeah. And especially something I knew, you know, I wasn't as comfortable with. Um, so I thought, all right, what's, you know, trying to think of a different angle. How can I write, what, what can I write about this d- design oriented still, but like my dad would be into. Sure. So I thought, well, all right, beer, you know, beer makes total sense. And there's enough, uh, you know, so I think, well, there must be enough decent beer labels that I could just, you know, take a, take an hour on the internet, put together a folder on my desktop and, and put up a post about beer labels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that hour, um, looking up good beer labels turned into two hours, turned into a week. And all of a sudden I had this, you know, monster folder. I'm like, holy crap, there's a, <laughs> there's, there's a lot more here than a blog post. Um, sure. so that's, and then, you know, that's, I kind of rolled that into a full website and a uh, oh, beautiful beer just kind of happened. Gotcha. So in the early stages of it, are you, I mean, you're just basically going out and Google searching everything and yeah, you know, absolutely. Are you kind of just it's, writing a design critique on these labels and saying uh, what I you think, like about it or? Uh, my, I think my intentions were twofold. One, I didn't want to, I, know you, I think you, you know, you're saying critique in a, in a positive manner. I, yeah. I, I, I knew from immediately, I didn't want to ever do like, Hey, these labels are good. These labels are bad. Right. Uh, I wanted to keep the whole thing kind of positive. And I also wanted to stay out of the way. Sure. You know, as far as the design of the website and maybe, you know, kind of my own commentary um, and more so early and in, in kind of just get up the necessary information and then pull more information from the designer, from the brewery and, you know, kind of let their words and, you know, more importantly, their, their work kind of speak for itself. Um, I think I've done more writing as, as time's gone on, but I've tried to um, just kind of add to rather than really, you know, make the thing about my critique or how I feel about that label. Sure. Do you, when, when you're, now that you're reaching out to people to get them to, you know, write about beer, how, how does that pitch go? Cause for a podcast, it's different. I'd literally just say, Hey, would you like to talk to me for, I mean, you saw my, I emailed you. It's, Hey, mm-hmm. uh, you want to come on the podcast and talk to me? I'm really interested. Is that how it goes yeah. for you or is it? Well, the, the evolution, as far as like the research, it's, it's definitely been an evolution where early, yeah, again, it was just me Google searching like or finding nice labels on the shelves and then frantically searching, trying to find out who the designer was um, to now. Thankfully, there's been enough momentum with the website that now I just in my inbox, I have a folder that we're, you know, we're incoming messages like- kind of. Stay. Yeah. So now. And there's, it's, it's got enough form to it where they, they know the necessary details. They're, they have the, the information I need that I can just take their pictures, take their words, pop it in and, and go. Gotcha. I got to ask, how many cringeworthy ones do you get a day? I get, um, I get, a, I get a handful. <laughs> um, it, and again, like, I, you know, I want to keep this positive. I never. Oh, I'm not asking you to bash any oh, of them. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I, like, I feel like I, I at one point, like, oh, it's so nice that these people like, uh, like found the website and want to like contribute to the website. But also, yeah, it's just some stuff that's really, again, cringeworthy. Um, yeah. Yeah. My, my follow up question to that is. How many submissions do you get a day that have absolutely nothing to do with beer that they just want um, to be featured on your site? Or I get a lot of weird, I feel like people, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm sure we're all guilty of this, like going to <laughs> websites and not even really understanding what the website is. And like, I've gotten applications for jobs. Um, I get a lot of like inquiry email with people manufacturing brewing equipment in Asia. Sure. I can see um, that. I get a lot of people find a post and then 
think that I brew that beer and want to find like find out about my distribution. Uh huh. So there's a fair amount of sorting through a lot of misunderstandings. <laughs> I I can relate. I get I get and probably not nearly as much as you, but I get probably a handful of submissions every day of people that it's like my friend is a and it's always from somebody my friend who's probably never met this person <laughs> is, you know, they're an interior decorator and I'm like it's not really what I do. I got you, one think- that was from a wedding planner that was that was today. It's like uh, and- she talks to people about the inspiration and creativity behind weddings. I'm like you know, dude, if you take just an, another <laughs> minute to poke around my site and just like so you get it. Yeah. The ones I get, the, the ones that annoy me the most are when they like reference a uh, episode that they heard me on and then try to relate it. And it's like, no, you just looked up an episode of the podcast <laughs> with the and title. Really forced it yeah. in here to, yeah. to make it look like, you know, you're talking. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> now. I, no, no. I'm curious. Do you, if you're getting these these inquiries, are you taking the time? Are you replying and with the, with the thanks but no thanks emails? Depends on the because that's a fair amount of time. It also. depends on the inquiry. Um, yeah. Some I can tell that it's literally the representative representative who just doesn't understand the difference between the two. Yeah, and I take the time and with those, and I'm like, you know. Thanks. I appreciate that. That's not really the type of like the interior decorator and well, interior mm-hmm. designer. It's like, that's not really the type of design that we focus on. And it just, I don't think it's the right fit at this time, but I appreciate you reaching out. Those ones I'll do. Now the wedding okay. planner, I just ignored it. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, I, I, I can't it's like you, you didn't look, you just saw a podcast. Yeah. And you're, you're canvassing a thousand websites. You're not even. Yeah. Yeah. You did a search for, podcast and that's it so okay so so with you because you've been up and running for a couple years you've written a book you know do you even do you reply to people at all or do you just have a or do you have like an automated thing that you can click and send how do you how do you handle that um if it's somebody i'm not going to feature i normally don't reply um one because i don't want to be the one to tell them that their work isn't good can't blame you. And, you know, I don't know. And two, um, I don't necessarily have like I, I have enough submission, like good submissions that I can't get to. So it's hard for me to prioritize the ones I'm not going to feature. You know, there's still there's still like really great work in my inbox from I'm sure two months ago that I want to feature and I just haven't yet. So um, I would rather spend that energy there. Sure. Um, there definitely have there, there have been cases of people, you know, submitting work that I definitely wasn't going to feature and submitting over and over and over and over. And in those cases, it definitely. Yeah. You just um, have to politely say thanks, but it's just not going to happen. And that's the, the only one I would call out the one that comes to mind. And I don't think they're open anymore is horny goat brewing. Oh, I've heard of them. Yeah. And I have seen their stuff and I can't blame you. Yes. And that's, I mean, even without seeing any like labels, I know I'm not going to feature horny goat brewing. Yeah. Um, And that's a whole other tangent, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that can be a tough road though, because with you know people who try to put like innuendo and stuff in their names and stuff like that, how do you handle that? Because I mean, there are some use cases where it makes sense and it's funny and it's a really good design, but 
So, yeah, I I don't know. For me, I, I maybe I get worked up about that stuff more than I need to. I don't know. I just I don't understand why it's still happening. I don't know why we can't just not do that. Yeah, you don't have to um, make a sex joke in the name of yeah. It's so often just it's so <laughs> tasteless, and and I you know I know we're running out of like legally running out of beer names, but there there's other options. There's there's better options. Um, I don't know if you've seen that there's a British beer blog that collects a lot of those. Um, I think it's Pump Clip Parade. No, I haven't seen that one. It, it might be worth checking out. Yeah, he just focuses on just calling out all the like the really shitty like sexual innuendo <laughs> and just. Um, I, I'm glad that he exists. The the uh, oh, not, it's not Hooters. What's the other one? Twin Peaks. Have you heard of that uh-huh. restaurant? Yeah. The, yeah, the Twin Peaks of beer labels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I felt horrible. I actually had to explain that to my wife the the well, not the other day. It's been months ago now, but. <laughs> We were driving through somewhere and saw it, and she's like, "What is this Twin Peaks restaurant?" I was like, "It's like a Hooters." Well, why did they call it Twin Peaks? Oh, <laughs> let me get out some scrap paper. Uh, <laughs> uh, the kids are still awake in the car, so I can't quite explain it. But um, trust, we're gonna have dinner somewhere else. <laughs> yes, we're we're just not gonna eat there. <laughs> not good for two eight year olds. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, so, so getting back on track, um, you know, when, when you're, as you're cultivating the blog and, and growing things, at what point does a book even enter the picture? How does, how does that come about? Um, the book thing is something I think for a lot of the time I had it in my head that it, it it's something that probably would make sense. It would translate well. Sure. Um, but I didn't necessarily, I wasn't taking the steps to put a pitch together and start kind of, you know, going after publishers. Um, but thankfully I had, so I did have a couple of publishers come to me that also had the idea mm-hmm. and, you know, the kind of, you know, we did the dance of, I put together a little, a, 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 a sample chapter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they presented on their end and it didn't work out for a couple of times. Um, but then thankfully there was an editor at Norton who liked the site, uh, was really into beer and, um, thought it really would really make sense for his company. And, uh, it did. And it happened. And I, you know, I definitely, I tried to keep, keep my kind of self kind of level and say, you know, don't, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> Having a book would be an, like an amazing kind of like a uh, life resume thing, but you know, sure. but uh, yeah, and it, it happened and it happened really quick. So I didn't necessarily have the time to uh, go through the uh, holy crap, I'm going to write a book phase. <laughs> it was holy to, crap, I'm writing a book. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I always had this idea of, you know, people who write a book and not that um, I wrote this great like American novel. It's, you know, it's a glorified picture book, but. um, Yeah, but it's a really good picture book. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, I had this idea in my head that, you know, it's people who write a book. They they disappear into this cabin in the woods and uh, two years later they come out victoriously with this long beard and this finished manuscript. Well, you do have the beard. Yeah, <laughs> which, you know, my, 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 my cliche beer uniform. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we did it um, to get it out with, on shelves in time for Christmas. The thing was done, start to finish, uh, written, designed, and collecting all the information, the photos in like three months. Wow. So, uh, so, so at that point, were you, with the book, were you recycling blog posts that you had of – or not necessarily a blog post, but were you recycling a lot of the beers that you had used on the blog and then turning it into pages in the book? 
Yes, absolutely. Um, it was, especially for like when I was at the stage of doing sample chapters, it was really easy for me to pull on that information. Sure, sure. And also, you know, it was information I already had and in the nuggets I kind of, um, I, I found out about those labels was, was good. And, you know, of course at that stage, a couple of years into the, 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 the website, I, I've already featured a lot of my favorite stuff. So I think it was, could be only natural for me to start with those. Mm-hmm. So when, when, when you're, how does that process work of, you know, writing a book and designing a book and working with editors and, you know, tracking down those permissions and all of that stuff? Oh yeah. It's funny you say the permissions, uh, you know, obviously you have, you have some idea here. Yeah. That, that was the part I didn't realize that the, when I got the, Oh, by the way, every word that's in the book has to sign off on it too. Sure. So I'm sure um, I'd be curious to actually go through county emails, but I think if, you know, if I drew a, a pie chart of my time spent on this book, uh, it would be a really significant slice for time, just emailing <laughs> and then emailing again and then emailing again. Yeah. I can imagine that, uh, that that's gotta be hard to track down. Cause you're not only, you're not only having to get the permission of the breweries, you're having to get the permission of the designers too. Yeah. And then just getting, you know, getting print quality photos. Sure. Um, oh, yeah. and it worked out. And I was so thankful that so many breweries and designers had like just a really incredible uh, the photos available of the work, which, you know, certainly um, was huge for the book. And but um, yeah, that, and it was also hard because there's then there was certain work that I just I wasn't hearing back for for permissions that I really wanted to be in the book. And then sure. it couldn't end up being in the book in the book. Uh, I had a whole chapter that ended up getting just had to get killed. Just because permissions and stuff didn't come back? Yeah, I wanted to do some, you know, because the, the book takes kind of a historical spin and I wanted to cover kind of the, you know, the big beer era of, mm-hmm. you know, like the early 80s. And it's just, you know, that's, that's, you're yeah. not going to get a reply from Budweiser. It's just No, they happen, don't see so. the value in, <laughs> why would I do that? We have enough yeah. promotion out there. We don't need this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but uh, I think it worked out in the end. Cool. Well, I mean, I, I kind of appreciate you... uh having to focus on smaller mom and pop and not in the hipster f- sense of stuff. I mean, not that they're smaller mom and pop, but you know what I mean? Of yeah. Not having to focus on the mega brewery to uh, feature yeah, some nice of the smaller players. That's always kind of cool. A little bit deeper and yeah, find some of the other ones. So, um, and then also kind of get into homebrew too, which is uh, something I necessarily didn't anticipate uh, when we first started the project, but I think it was cool to, to look at some of the guys and gals who are, doing some really uh, neat stuff with their homebrewing labels. Yeah. I, I, and I haven't done it in a few years just cause you know, work, kids, family, all that stuff. Yeah. But I, I, I used to do homebrewing and I, I want to get back into it. Now I just have to find time and somewhere to put it. Um, yes. Because and you know, you would totally geek out about once, once it's done, you would of course have to have a beautiful oh, label yeah. on it. Absolutely. You would spend way more time on the label itself. I, ironically, before I kind of discovered, and this isn't blowing smoke up your ass, before I discovered like, oh, beautiful beer and all that, I probably would have just been fine with, you know, having a no label on it whatsoever and just enjoying the beer. Now I no, have sorry. to have that full experience. <laughs> so uh, My favorite is, um, and I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but there's a guy um, who did a round of letterpress labels Whoa. through a design firm and a print shop for his, his homebrew, which... That's just really that is commitment. Yeah. 
that better be a that, in your that head, better but... be a really good beer to uh, yeah, go to that experience. <laughs> I, I am well aware that my home brewing efforts are middling at best. They're, <laughs> well, I hope they're enjoyable for me. I don't. I don't even care if they're enjoyable for anybody else. They're enjoyable for me. <laughs> well, I feel like if you don't have to dump them out, I think that's that's a success. Yeah, knock on wood. The entire time I was doing it. I only had to dump out like two batches. Okay. So that that's not bad. That's, yeah. Yeah. And so it was kind of like fun. it was kind of like golf. My first batch turned out really really well, and mm-hmm. then I kept trying to uh, um, to to meet that level again. Yeah. Again. Now you're hooked. Sure. Yeah. And sometimes I did. Sometimes I didn't. Sometimes I did better. So. Well, hopefully you can dust off that equipment. I know yes. that's certainly about like one of my. One of my uh, someday list. Yeah. My, well, I mean, my problem is, and you can see this behind me. You can see the re, the beer fridge behind me. <laughs> oh, that's the beer fridge, not the well, fridge fridge. No, no, no. I'm I'm in my this, so the, the podcast studio is literally my laundry room. On the other side of this blanket <laughs> that you see here is the washer and dryer, and then on the other side of the wall is the fridge fridge with the kitchen and you know where it should be, not versus. <laughs> But for the listeners, it's a really glamorous laundry room. It really this is. is. Like, it's like podcast superstar laundry room. Uh, I see an R2-D2. Like not every laundry room has the R2-D2. This no, is no. This is the yeah. real deal. Yeah. That's, it's, it's, <laughs> there's, there's lots. And I would give you the tour, but you can't really see it on the webcam. <laughs> there's, uh, there's lots of magnets and stickers on the side of the fridge and stuff. So. Now, like the news reporter, have you had a kid for, uh, oh, yeah. complying in during a, okay. Oh yeah. Multiple times. So Excellent. It, it's weird though, because the kids have only once barged in on me with someone I had never met before and was doing that the first time. The other several times that they've done it, they've been people that I've been friends with and have known for a long time before I had them on the podcast. So they already okay. knew who the kids were. So it was just, okay. Then it, was it, just, right. it took it, they took it in stride. And I mean, you're still kind of shocked when you see a head appear out of nowhere. <laughs> but, <laughs> and then that includes me. Cause I don't generally, the guest sees them before I do. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so you get to see it through them. Yes. So see, these are things with writing a book and doing a blog. You don't have to worry about is, you know, children appearing behind you out of nowhere and scaring the crap right. out of you. <laughs> but also it's nice to have that shiny, shiny, shiny product at the end that, you know, nobody realizes what it looked like uh, being made. Sure. So but you can see the book on a shelf and not realize that I wrote it, you know, with a I'm sitting on my couch with a beer and a cup of coffee at four o'clock in the morning or whatever. At the same time. It was the the whole process was a weird mix of alcohol and coffee, <laughs> and a lot of late nights, like you know, like you were, I was in college again. It's a, which, it's a, it's a poor man's speedball. Yeah, as it turns out, we're like we 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 are not built to uh, pull those late nights and all nighters anymore. No, I don't know how I did it through college. It, uh, it it tried to kill me. Yeah, try it now. It will definitely kill you. So, yeah, I I don't want to relive that at all. <laughs> yeah, so I tried to keep that balance of enough coffee to keep me energized and enough alcohol to keep the writing interesting. Sure. So it was. I, I think I think I kept a a good balance there. You know, maybe you can go through and circle some of the pages where uh, the alcohol was winning out. <laughs> the kerning's really off there. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's get back into that because I'm assuming you designed the book yourself, being a designer. 
Yeah, I, um, um, I did not do the cover, but uh, the rest of it I did. Okay. So what was that process like? Because most, you know, you're, most designers aren't dealing with something that's, you know, a couple hundred pages of, you know, stuff put together and trying yeah, to lay was, that out at once. Yeah, it was in a... Uh, during the process, I, I bought a new laptop just because, you know, if you've, you if you've had that laptop on its last legs and then try to throw, yeah, this 200 page document on it with, uh, you know, a billion embedded photos, um, sure. that definitely killed that. But, um, yeah, it was a it was a, a real thing. And it was really interesting to be doing the writing in InDesign, uh-huh. Uh-huh. which, you know, it just kind of made more sense while, while I was in there and had the photos there. You might as well go ahead on, and do on the then. page. But, yeah, it was. I'm sure that's atypical for writing in general, but, um, yeah, oh, kind I mean, of I'm, not, I'm not a writer, so I don't, I, I mean, I started a podcast so I could avoid doing the blog. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a horrible writer. I, you know, it's permanent writer's block for me. It's not even like out of fear. I just ugh, freeze up and then cold yeah, sweats and, and everything. It's definitely a thing that you have to really get into. And it, it was hard, you know, in college, I think I did a lot of writing and, you were kind of in the flow of it and you, you did it a lot, but if you haven't like sure. sat down and written, written at length. Yeah. Even still, if I'm just writing up, just writing a post and I just want to put together three sentences about uh, a given beer label, like, it could be a struggle. I feel like I need to, you know, blacken all the shades and really just kind of <laughs> completely silent and in focus. I, I can relate to that with the podcast when I have to write up the show notes and I have to write up like the intro that I'm going to record and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, that's the most painful part of it for me. It's not sitting through and like <laughs> editing and fixing all the audio and all the technical stuff that comes with it. It's the writing the three sentences that are going to take me less than 30 seconds to read that probably nobody cares about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That you were going to spend way more time thinking yeah. about than anyone. Cause well. I mean, face it, you're going to look at it on your phone. When mm-hmm. I don't know if you listen to podcasts that much at all, but have you, you ever actually read the descriptions all that much on no. the pod? Yeah. I, no. I mean, I listen to a ton of podcasts. I don't ever read the description. Sometimes I accidentally press the artwork on my phone, which then pops up the show notes. Mm-hmm. But that's really the only time. Right? Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's what I do. It's, you yeah. know, I never clicked on the Casper ad. I, try, I probably should. <laughs> I probably should edit that part out since I have sponsors. Um <laughs> But at the time, and you're telling yourself that no one's going to spend a ton of time reading it, but sure enough. Yes. I will say but, I actually use my sponsors, so I'm I'm not making that up. That's not fake ad copy. <laughs> <laughs> so getting back into things and you, you, you've, you've, you're writing a book, you've got the blog going, you still have the blog going. It's mm-hmm. not like this has stopped. There's still plenty of cool beer designs coming out. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's funny you say that because when I started the blog, I remember really being worried about the pacing. Sure. And so I I start. I I wanted to make sure I was posting enough that I could kind of build some momentum. Mm -hmm. But also, I was so worried about running out of material. You don't have that problem. (laughs) No, it was it was 2011. You know, I think in you know things have certainly changed quite a bit since then. But I was really worried about that. Yeah. Posting. I was posting every day for a while, and and there would be times where I kind of have things just start to dry up and then all of a sudden, you know, it's just been exponential and my inbox shows it with its swelling. Sure. I, I still go through phases where I think I'm going to run out of, uh, people responding back to me or things like that. <laughs> so my, my, my bigger issue is I like, I will send out a ton of invites at once. 
And then okay. I'll get like, you know, you send out a bunch of stuff, you get yeah. a bunch of stuff back. But then there's times where I send out a bunch of stuff and I don't get replies back for like a really long time. And I'm like, I don't want to send out more stuff because I don't want them to pop on to try to book something and see, oh, he doesn't have availability for another three months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that that's always my fear. I'm still trying to figure out that balance of it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I, I'm sure it's hard to pick what's more terrifying, having everyone reply at once and all of a sudden having a ton of material to record and, and edit or having mm-hmm. a nobody right back. Uh, little column A, little column B. Yeah. Well, Either way, it's it's worked out so far. Yeah, it, it works out well. With with what I was going to get to was with you know the book and the blog and still writing the blog and all. You know, you've got an actual you know day job of being a designer as well. Mm-hmm. How are you finding time to balance all of that stuff? Um, it's harder and harder, and I think you know you and I were talking a little bit before you started recording. Yeah, um, it's just. When I started this thing, and I'm sure that when you started this thing, um, I didn't really think about it even becoming a thing. I, I don't even know what I was thinking, but sure. I just it seemed like a cool thing to do, so I just started doing it. Um, and now, six plus years later, like, oh, crap, I got to keep doing this thing because I can't just stop doing this thing. Right. Um, so, but it's definitely, um, it's it's proven to me that it's definitely, you know, um, content that I'm, I'm passionate about that I still want to do. But sure. it's tough. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't. Um, I don't have kids running around the house like you do, but yeah, I have a, I have a day job and, and, and friends and a wife and, you know, whatever else that are calling for attention. So it's getting harder and harder to, uh, figure out that time. Um, now I'm fortunate that I had, I, we, the, the studio I work at now, we do a four day work week. Oh, okay. So I'm so trying you do like to four, 10 hour days and then, yeah, taking- so I'm trying to now just start doing, okay, Mondays, it's all, oh, beautiful beer. I'm just going to knock out a whole bunch of stuff for the week and just, and then I'll take care of it. So, uh, um, I don't, I, I'm worried about not doing it justice because you know just the, the point that it's at and that, you know, the uh, amount of people I've been able to kind of tie into it. Um, I don't want to just now all of a sudden have it kind of slug along. Or, or have it die. So I want to make sure. And I'm, and I'm getting now more uh, great content uh, sent to me than ever. So mm-hmm. um, I want to make sure I'm, I'm keeping that energy there. So, and and forgive me for not being familiar with this, but do you have advertisers and stuff on the, the blog? To I don't. And speaking of things um, that you don't think about, and you're you know when you're in the planning process, and you don't even consider what could happen when <laughs> it gets to a certain uh, level. So um, I think I'm definitely due for to just kind of, and I'm trying to do it soon um, to kind of tear down the site and just um, redesign the site and just kind of relook at a lot of things. Um, like like that and and that would certainly um advertiser would probably shame me into putting more time into it well at least covers bandwidth and you know yeah yeah all that but i mean and the 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 main reason i asked that is because like my reason for having sponsors on the podcast isn't so i'm gonna like get rich off of it it's to a cover costs you know what and then one day i'd like to be able to hand off the editing to somebody else and yeah have to worry about that and you know, I'm sure, you know, with all this stuff, you'd probably like to be able to hire somebody part time to uh, ignore the bad emails that come in and help you sort through the, <laughs> sort through and prioritize the good emails and kind of get an assistant to help you get organized. And 
Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, when I do find the time to, you know, I want to sit down and write some posts, it's like, oh, now I'm just, I'm staring at this mountain of stuff. And yeah, you're right. It just turned out to go through and pick out. Oh, yeah. Well, what was the good stuff that I had seen the other day in my email that I forgot about, but now I wanted to write about? Sure. And it's then sorting through uh, eight to 12 uh, horny goats in the world (laughs) and getting to that. (laughs) Yeah. How how do you keep yourself organized so you can kind of keep on track of that and... Um, so I'm using Google inbox where it all uh, gets sent to, and you know, you can, uh, um, bundling, I think is one of my favorite, uh, rises in technology or mm-hmm. advances in technology. So now I can have everything that's coming through the site bundled together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just within, you know, it's a WordPress site and just even I found what's helpful for me is just, uh, having a, a notes plugin so that on my WordPress dashboard, I can just at the bare minimum write in that notes, like, I have like a, a short running list of the next uh, blog post. I got to be sure to get up. Gotcha. So you, for, you me, for me, just having that short little list to work off of, it keeps me uh, more focused, not focused, but more focused. Sure. So are, are you kind of like batching it of, you know, you'll take, like you said, you're doing you know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday and focusing on getting stuff. Then are you like kind of batching and scheduling stuff out through the week of, all right, I yeah. got all this knocked out on Monday and this is going to post Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yep, exactly. And uh, if things are running the way I want them to, I'm doing that. I'm scheduling out the posts. I'm scheduling out then all of the social media, mm-hmm. you know, to, to kind of to, to cross promote the posts. But um, but then also it's a lot of times where it's it's midnight, but I on a Tuesday, but I still feel like I need to get a post together for tomorrow because I haven't done a post in a while and I'm, you know, doing it that way. So I, I understand every podcast, even though I've got, <laughs> I've got them edited ahead of time. You know, there's there's not a good way that I've found to schedule ahead of time the social media because until it posts live, I don't have a live link to send uh, the social media to. Yeah, like and I can't the because it's having to pull from an iTunes link to something else, and it's like I can't just set it and forget it and have everything run on automation and. As much and as you I would, would be like in such to. constant fear that something would go wrong and it oh, would yeah, or you would or it would get rescheduled and you would forget and then you would have be posting broken links and yes, yes. that would keep you awake at night, I'm sure. Yeah, the social media side of it is my worst nightmare because I'm always, you know, like trying to figure out the optimal time to post stuff, to schedule it out for, and then inevitably I get distracted by something before I can put it in to actually schedule it so it ends up a going up three hours. no not even a cute kid like a stupid email for work or oh, something that it's like yeah. you know because I, I i don't do it at work but i'm like doing it before i get to work and i pull up my emails and just kind of checking all that stuff and then i get distracted by an email and i'm like oh crap i forgot to do this and then i'm like well crap now i can't do it till like five tonight <laughs> yeah and do you feel like i mean i, I definitely do um since you started the the podcast that um, there's more and more social media to be done and pay attention to. And yeah, every day it's, 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 it's it's so like, you know, I started the site in 2011 and I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't worrying as much about Instagram or whatever. Now all of a sudden it's, it's more channels, more stuff. Yeah. And it's like, I've gotten to the point where, and I don't do it now because I just have given up on it, but I was like looking into doing Snapchat with it and I was like, oh, how would yeah. I make that work and how would I tie that in? And you know. yeah, you could, yeah, you could have 30, 30 different social networks. You're, you're doing a little bit of each. So 
Yeah. So yeah. now I've limited it where it's like, no, I'm going to post it up on Instagram. I'm going to post it on Twitter and it's going to go on Facebook. And yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I at least don't sense. do the auto post where it goes to one and then bounces to all the other ones. I do write individual things for each platform, but <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, that's, that's great that you do that yeah. against, against my will, <laughs> but mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm at least savvy enough to know to do that. Yes. So. Because but, that, yeah. Cause how many times you are using tweets like coming through that are, you know, linking to another social network that are like cut off and just have an ellipse at the end of the sentence. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I'm, Not great. I'm, with my personal stuff, I'm guilty of doing that. But with yeah. the podcast, I'm not. And I'm sure you're probably the same way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, with with that building out and like we were talking about, how is in in that six years since you started things, how have things changed for you just overall as far as from the social media side of things to the you know, actually blogging on WordPress side of things to all of that stuff. Um, boy, um, I, I hope I'm getting better at it. I think I'm getting better at it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and you know, of course, you know, along the way, you're just kind of learning more about each network. So I think, uh, you know, getting, getting a better handle at the, your audience and each network. Sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say. That. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I, 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 did, I, I don't know. Yeah, that that's a viable answer. That you <laughs> know, sometimes it's. Maybe that's, I'm not learning anything. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, sometimes that's the honest truth. Of, I, yeah, I'm just managing. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, feel free to edit in and out of any of this. But um, yeah, but, yeah, there are times where I do. I feel like I'm, I'm just I'm just kind of managing, but. Um, Thankfully, really smart people out there are developing these tools and making it easier and easier for us to to pay attention to all these networks, maybe in one app and an auto schedule so that they, you know, because they can their data can figure out our audiences better than uh, sure. I'll ever do. Yep. Yep. I, uh, I I very much appreciate them. Now, I just wish some of those platforms would make their prices a little more affordable. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was one I was using that I really liked, but it was like. 50 bucks a month. I, oh, just, like, I just, no way. I can't afford that. Yeah. I, I can afford the 10 bucks a month for buffer. Yes. <laughs> and that'll, that'll do for now. And you'll just kind of hope that everything on their wish list, they start incorporating. Yeah. I'm sure do, they'll all eventually morph together in some weird platform. Yeah. yeah. Like everything does. So after six years and you know, the kind of just managing some days, how do you keep things fresh for you? How do you keep yourself from being burned out on it? Um, I, th- you know, it, it sounds super cheesy, but I, I think the work just does. I think I, I, you know, I'm still seeing stuff I hadn't seen before, or I don't, I'm not going to get tired of seeing really great design. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still going to open up dribble 30 times a day just to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, seeing enough great work and then having that need to kind of get it out there and get some more eyeballs on it is, is still been enough for me. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm opening up dribble and seeing stuff pop up all the way and mm-hmm. all the time. And it, it's, it's been kind of cool cause you know, your site is one of those that's kind of one of my daily go-tos of checking out just for a little inspiration and, you know, designing beer packaging is on my bucket list of things that yeah. I would love to do. Um, 
other than just for myself, that's not going, that's good, would go on beer that I still haven't made. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's been really cool to see people that, you know, I know and I follow and some people who have been on the podcast to see them, you know, post something up on Dribble one day and then a few, you know, weeks later or a few days later, I'm looking on a beautiful beer and I see it pop up on there. That's been, that's been kind of cool. Yeah, I get very good. excited for them. Sorry. Go yeah, ahead. Oh, no, sorry. And, uh, um, each end is exciting for me. I, I love, you know, there's, you know, a billion amazing designers out there that sure. we'll never see or hear. So when all of a sudden I discover somebody new who's also doing a lot of beer, a great beer design, that's, that's exciting for me to feel like I'm kind of, um, turning that rock over, but also like nothing makes me happier than I see like one of my favorite designers, you know, post maybe on dribble or email me with, with, with a new beer label they're doing so that, you know, really, yeah. That really gets it going. Yeah, I, w- I was really excited a few weeks ago um, when I saw Josh Emmerich pop up on your site with some of the Bottle Logic stuff he'd been doing. Oh, he's up. Obs- yeah, I mean, he's a guy I could just, I, I could turn the website into old, oh, beautiful Josh Emmerich and it would just, there'd be enough material. That guy, yeah. the, the, what he what he turns out, the, the quantity and quality is just, yeah, it's, yeah, it's stuff like that where like more people have to see this. Yes. And he, I mean, he's such a multifaceted designer and illustrator that it's his stuff. Doesn't matter what he does; it's incredible yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then there's a lot of talent folks out there. I think I am. Yeah. <laughs> I, for that stuff, I, I feel like uh, we're all in our right roles if he's making the work, and I'm just telling people about it. Yeah, yeah. So it's a better use of all of our times. Speaking of that, with, with this, have you found that you know beer companies have approached you to do stuff as far as like design work or things like that for freelance? Um, so actually I, I stopped freelancing. Did you? Yeah. So now, um, you know, when we were talking about the travel thing earlier, um, when we thought we were going to kind of wind down traveling, um, we wanted to just hit Seattle quick, not well, sort of quick, you know, it's one of those places <laughs> where, um, when I describe parts of places I like, like Asheville or, or wherever else, um, they say, oh, if you like this about that place and this about this other place, you should go to Seattle. So we said, all right, let's, we'll make Seattle kind of our last stop. We'll go for maybe six months because it's so far from home. Mm-hmm. Then head back east, buy a house, settle in, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then we ended up really liking Seattle and we knew we couldn't just live out of our Camry anymore. So um, we bought. So <laughs> well, we, yeah, at a certain place point, you just become homeless if you do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, uh, we, we bought some furniture that won't fit back in our Camry. So, uh, <laughs> We've been in Seattle for, I don't know, maybe three and a half years. Oh, okay. Um, and so now it's like, all right, well, I guess. Um, so Seattle's home now, for sure. Yeah, Seattle's home now, which is cool. And the beer is amazing. Yeah. There's um, 10, there's about 10 breweries in my neighborhood. Oh, wow. Yeah, all within about a mile, mile and a half of each other. Have any of them found out who you are? Uh, so actually, oh, I'm sorry. So the way we started this conversation, this, <laughs> yeah. this part of the conversation was, uh, so I'm now working as the art director for Blind Tiger Design. Oh, okay. Uh, which is a really cool studio. You may have seen some of their work. Uh, so they're also here in the neighborhood. And so now I get to go visit some of these breweries uh, for work too, which is cool. Awesome. Um, yeah. And it's also, and, and it's been neat, you know, to work with some of these breweries and some other breweries, um, in this aspect. And now, cause you know, all along I've been seeing kind of the finished work. Sure. Breweries. So now to get kind of get in and have more conversations for people who like are now, Hey, I have uh, people really like my homebrew. 
um, I'd like to make more of it. And I think I have a name and kind uh-huh. of like some of those, have some of those conversations. Um, also with, I, which I don't know about you, I, I find really interesting is, um, some of these older breweries now I've gotten to talk to some of them who are going through redesigns, you know, all these, these breweries, regional breweries, national breweries who, you know, were there at the forefront of the, the craft beer movement, uh-huh. but now aren't cool anymore because all these kids who they paved the way, you know, to come in and make beer and do really well are kind of taking over this whole rotation nation. Sure. You, yeah. You got to like, hear the pain points for those guys too. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Shinerbach and Sam Adams and yeah. And, yeah. I think Sam, being from Massachusetts, Sam Adams is definitely the one I'm, uh, I think the most focused on is just, you know, they did so much to lead to all this. And yeah, I mean, they really did kind of pave the way when nobody was really doing that. Yeah. And it's, it's super easy to forget that now because they're just kind of old and not cool. Yeah. And now you can see them through their marketing or through the beers they're making, try to kind of re-energize that and get a little surge. Sure. And they're not alone. Yeah. No, there's, there's a lot of them out there that I've seen starting to do new stuff so yeah um well cool so we're kind of getting close to our time here what what exciting is coming down the pike for you what are you looking forward to uh i am looking forward to getting back to the great american beer festival this year oh awesome yes this year i'm I'm trying to do some more beer festivals um so i haven't been to gabf uh probably in my four years okay so it'll be cool to get back there um, I don't know where I was going. <laughs> What's exciting for me? I don't know. Work is really cool. Um, yeah, honestly. So you know, as far you know, I'm, I am excited about the the new gig. Um, I think it is cool now to not only spend those kind of weird hours at night or on off days. Sure. Geeking out about beer labels. Now I can do it during the day. Sure. Um, and get paid for it. <laughs> get paid for it, which is great, and then helps you drink more of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm sure I'll be turning to you in the future. I have my first baby coming this year. Oh, so congratulations! I assume you have all sorts of great advice on how to stay productive and focused on your career. Right. 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 Yeah. Just don't ignore them <laughs> when they're crying until they get to be about three, and then you learn which cries you can ignore and which okay. ones you can't. Um, right. I'm, I'm going to need some notes. Yeah. Um, that'll you're, change. You're going to, you remember how we were talking earlier about being really, really tired. Yeah. It's a whole <laughs> nother level of tired that you'll be experiencing. Um, yeah. It, and you'll, you'll find pictures of you years later and you're like, was I sick there? I look like I was really, did I have, did I have cancer? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that definitely leads back to the whole, uh, you know, finding more time to uh, to put in the website. So hopefully, I can really get my system in place before um, before before the baby lands. Sure. Yeah, I can. I can see that. Yeah, you got to get organized and get ready, and yes. you know, convert the office over to you uh, to having a uh, spare bedroom now, and yes. or not a spare bedroom, but a nursery and all that fun stuff. Yeah, you know, being here in a uh, you know a little one bedroom Seattle apartment. Uh, that has its challenges. Yeah, that's you're gonna have to upgrade soon. <laughs> not, you know, I'm not a big shot with a laundry room, Jason. I'm I'm just a guy with a, a washing machine in the basement. Yeah, one day you can aspire to have a laundry room that is uh, just like this. 
<laughs> living the dream. <laughs> so um, you, you mentioned uh, Great American Beer Fest, and I want to ask you real quick. There is a beer and tourism marketing conference now that goes on in Asheville. Um, have you heard I don't of that? Think, no, I hadn't. I can, I'm blanking on the name of it, but I saw them, I think last year was their first year. Okay. And I, I reached out to them because I wanted to come and talk to, uh, talk, take the podcast there and talk to them. And, um, oh, cool. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping it, it didn't work out for that first year, but, uh, and then this year I talked to them again and I wasn't available to do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, oh, that'd be interesting to see. But I'm I'm hoping that it can work out for next year. I've got the I know when it's going to be happening now. So okay, um, well, yeah, I, uh, I'm definitely always looking for an excuse to go to Asheville and um, yeah, and this beer beer tourism thing is it's been pretty interesting to watch blossom. Yeah, it, um, it's I, been real interesting. So I've got um, some pretty good friends and um, that own a brewery here locally, um, mm-hmm. and 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 one of the it's a husband and wife part who are partnered with another husband and wife and the primary partner his wife is at my day job our general counsel she's our she's our lawyer for the company that i work for so i um she and i talk all the time about stuff and she and her husband are scheduled to go up to that next year and he's going to great american beer festival this year neat neat so so it's uh it's 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 an exciting time for beer yeah, you're you're not kidding. So um, there's there's always a, a new one nearby to, to hit, and <laughs> yeah, a, a new beer on the shelf, and uh, a, new, a new label to uh, to, to research and oh. figure out why it's got a teddy bear on it. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> that sounds awful specific. I'm going to have to ask you off air about that one. <laughs> cool. So where can people find you online? Uh, so you can find me at obeautifulbeer.com and then uh, basically whatever social media.com slash obeautifulbeer. Awesome. Harvey, thank you so much for taking the time out to uh, talk to me. And I, I, I do have to let people know um, that while we were talking, you were drinking coffee and I was drinking beer. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was hoping you were going to bring that up. And now just to uh, vindicate myself, maybe I'll just make you stay online and, and watch so you can watch me drink a beer. Um, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> you win you you win this one jason <laughs> sorry i i just i just had to make that joke <laughs> well th- like i said thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me and uh go ahead and hug some necks awesome thank you jason it's uh it's been an honor just to uh you know looking through your site and seeing all the people you've you've uh you've had on there i feel a little foolish to uh, make you spend time talking to me but i'm glad you did oh i'm, I'm glad i did too i really enjoyed it cool thanks all right thank you jason You can find out more about Harvey on Twitter at OBeautifulBeer. And be sure to check out the links in the show notes for more ways to keep up with him. You can keep up with the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at CreativeSOPod. And follow Creative South on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CreativeSouthGA over at CreativeSouth.com. And I'm at Jay Frostholm on Dribble, Twitter, and Instagram. Visit JackPrince.com and get 20% off orders over $25 when you use promo code CreateSouth17 at checkout. 
For a limited time, new Skillshare customers can get their first three months for just 99 cents to get unlimited access to thousands of classes when you sign up at Skillshare.com using promo code CreativeSouth. What are you waiting for? Start learning today. And remember, if you like the show, help support us over at Patreon.com slash CreativeSouth. And if you like the Creative South podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Rate us and leave a review. This helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests. Now go out and hug some necks. Thank you.